0: oh yeah for those listening there's a video component go start watching those those are cool spotify lets you watch video and uh we're gonna put this on youtube so hello this is us not scared podcast here with you as always your hosts eric and Bibi. today we're talking about the evil dead movie from 2013 directed by fede alvarez but before we get into it how are you bb
1: i'm nervous because this is our first time doing a video component not on patreon i was
0: gonna say no it's not <laughs> allusion to the fact that we just released our first commentary video though covering terrifier i was going to talk about it in creepy content but other than that are you doing okay thriving we did some stuff in the last few weeks we went to go see horror stuff in universal we did the horror nights we saw a shit ton of haunted houses that were pretty cool
1: probably the coolest haunted houses i've ever seen we're not lucky enough to live in california or florida to be able to visit those every year
0: yeah Blumhouse house had a set it was black phone and freaky all in one, so it one went straight into the next one. But yeah, there was also a haunted house for Halloween 1978, which was really cool. I'd say that they were more fun as a fan because we'd walk through it and I'd it. be like, I want to hang out here. Yeah. <laughs> I want to walk around and see all the little details. Crazy. So if you ever make it out there, pretty cool. Well, what do you have for creepy content?
1: I actually just finished a book today called Seed by Anya Alburn. She's an author that's like pretty well known in the horror world book community space i keep trying to read her work because she's just so well loved but i feel like she might not be for me this is like the third book that i've read by her and her books always kind of don't come for me if you're a big fan of her always leave me wanting more so i don't know if i will try another one of her books
0: oh so you don't it's not that something's wrong with her it's that she just doesn't end them
1: yeah something in the way that she writes her endings are always um upsetting to me so
0: i feel like writers are just finding it hard to and movies are finding it hard to finish things in a way that's satisfying to to the audience yeah Yeah. because think about it i mean game of thrones is the biggest one right that was like the biggest failure i think that just really hit fans
1: so many shows um how i met your mother one of the worst freaking endings ever yeah uh,
0: i feel like star wars the new trilogy obviously people hated the way it ended yeah i don't know if it's because there's just so much pressure from fans i don't know what it is with anya
1: it could not even be an issue with her it could be that i just consume so much horror content that i'm just like "Eh, seen it seen it done better right i'm sorry don't come for me again that's it
0: the creative juices How do I make this different? I
1: have not written a book, so I can't criticize.
0: Either way, as a consumer, and that's your opinion. Yeah. So at the end of the day, we can also opinionate on our own shit.
1: I'd love to opinionate on shit I know nothing about.
0: Our literal (laughs) show is about talking shit and good stuff about movies, and we're not filmmakers.
1: (laughs) But what about you? What creepy content do you have?
0: I don't have anything other than that. We obviously watch Terrifier. You should go check out our Patreon. There's 11 extra episodes, including Terrifier, over there already. So if you do want to hear more about this and movies that we haven't done on our main feed, go check it out. But Terrifier, crazy movie. That's all i say. You?
1: I hated every minute of it. <laughs>
0: Well, on that memory of Terrifier, what comfort content do you have?
1: So I don't know if this is comfort exactly because I've just started the show. It's a show that I've heard a lot of people talk about in a nostalgic way. I'd never heard of it. You said you even watched it growing up. But it's Moral Oral, which apparently aired on Adult Swim for a while. A couple of seasons, I think three. I started because i've seen like so many commentary videos on youtube about it so i was like okay this seems like my weird cup of tea i guess i'll i'll watch it so far it's just been it's been described as like sad comedy in adult animation like think like bojack horsemen and things like that
0: when i watched it growing up it just made me think of like robot chicken but it's mm-hmm. so a lot of the comedy i thought was like that word robot chicken is very like dry dark humor.
1: Shock, value humor shock value just stay tuned i don't know if i like it yet but it's supposed to really get going during the third season so yeah
0: i pretty much got the whole gist of it after that commentary video you watched because he basically showed the ending and i was like well i mean it seems awesome awesome <laughs> depressing too
1: but My at least tea. it ends nice <laughs> So do you have something actually comforting?
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, at the time of recording, just came out. It was really fun. Namor the Submariner, classic 1940s, one of the first few Marvel characters that was ever created, was retconned to be a mayan mexican actor teno Huerta plays him go watch it i won't give the whole detail but he basically has this different background than he does obviously in the comics in the comics his whole thing is that you know the humans are destroying the earth and so he kind of comes off as a bad guy in the first comics that uh namor comes out in but in this one it's like a a colonizer twist on it it was a cool spin on this on still being like humans suck you know
1: (laughs) i think it's awesome that this is a completely female-led movie, led by minorities. I hope it is as successful as the first one is. Uh, It's incredibly sad to see the tributes that are made to the original actor. Oh, yeah, Trevor Boseman. So sad, yeah. And Angela... Bissette looks amazing and she looks better than every young person in that film, <laughs> respectfully. To the point where like they have her in this gray hair piece and I'm like, it doesn't even look real because she looks so much younger <laughs> than that. She's yeah. just swole as hell too.
0: She is, yeah. But yeah, it's really good. Go check out Black Panther, kind of forever. We are going to be doing drink videos differently. Here we are with the drink video. Insert drink video here. Do it here now. Do, do, Transition. Boop, 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 Hey, it's future us. And we're here weeks after we recorded that. So we're sorry. Look at this mess. <laughs> this is why we have no, we had no computer.
1: You fixed that problem now, clearly.
0: <laughs> it is fixed now. Yeah. Do you want to talk about how you made this shot?
1: Okay. So my original idea was to make this the tongue splitter drink and have a very sweet layer at the bottom and like a super tart layer on top. I ran out of time to do what I wanted to which was make a raspberry syrup from scratch. So we used raspberry liqueur. Don't recommend. I think I discovered that I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) The Chambord? Yes, I'm not a fan of it. So we've got Chambord, lemon, gin, which is (laughs) the base of this drink. A couple of dashes of orange bitters. mistakenly not featured on the video. A little bit of pomegranate juice to give it this pop of color.
0: Oh, so you did this after?
1: Yeah, because it wasn't... As dark as I wanted.
0: Oh, you yeah. like the color. I'm gonna That's keep that. why. I'm gonna keep the. Oh, you added it in. Yeah. Oh, let's try it.
1: All right. <laughs> oh, I didn't want the thick one. Oh, here you go. Oh, it doesn't <laughs> matter. They're both double shots. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Cheers, mate. is a candy.
1: Okay. Right. So I didn't like the flavor aftertaste that the.
0: Yeah, it's a very sh- strong like berry taste. Yeah, like if so. you eat a handful of blackberries, it's what it tastes like.
1: It's exactly what it tastes like. A tart.
0: Is that the word you use? Tart a lot, and I never knew what the tart meaning tart is the word. sour. <laughs> is it? What the fuck does tart mean? It could also I mean, mean ho.
1: <laughs> <laughs> She's a this tart.
0: Shot is a she a a, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> What would you rate it?
0: I would give this a three point five.
1: That's pretty high. I'm going to give it a 2.5. I really hate this las- <laughs> this raspberry liqueur. Bitterness. It's bitter. Yeah. I think that's what it is. It's medicinal.
0: and that is medicinal as some other shots we've taken. True. <laughs> cool. We hope you enjoy the tongue splitter. I don't know if it split my tongue.
1: I forgot to put sharp metal optics in it.
0: Ah. Next time. <laughs> <laughs> we are back. Wow, that was such a great drink video. I Hopefully. hope you liked it. <laughs>
1: anyway do you yeah. have fun facts for me
0: i do so i only got two and some of these are coming from bloody disgusting from our interview back in 2013 jane levy who plays mia i did look up to see if she's related to levy uh what's the guy daniel levy because
1: if you've seen this movie you can probably already tell the joke we're gonna make the entire episode
0: <laughs> well that's why i looked it up because i was like no way <laughs> she's related because yeah we were making a fuck ton of shits creek my god I bet so Jane Levy who plays Mia and throws up blood in that one scene actually had a tube in her throat that allowed her to blast tons and tons of vomit out at Jessica Lucas who plays Olivia you know I've always wondered how because obviously I think oh well CGI probably how you do that practically in the past it would be like oh just perspective they put like this tube behind the head pour it out of I've
1: even heard of like actors having it in their mouth they make it like taste really sweet and they just have it like projectiled out of them
0: but loads of it you know yeah
1: I, I figured that part was added in post
0: yeah so no this she actually had a tube in her throat which also makes me ask where does it lead to and where does it come from because like cotton eye oh you know what maybe it's like a little tube that like goes around your cheek on the back end like not facing the camera into your mouth into the back of your throat and then points out your mouth so vomits i don't know i'm saying so that you can't see it because like how do you put a tube in your throat where's it coming from what does that help that's like saying yeah i had a hose in my throat that let me throw up a fuck ton like okay but where did the hose go to your asshole
1: that is commitment to a job (laughs) i'm just saying
0: it doesn't make sense Someone tell me the movie magic that happens with these tubes to vomit. Jane recounts feeling so bad about it, though, because she truly felt like she was throwing up on her friend, Jessica. That being said, very little, if any, CGI was used in this
1: film. Do you think that's, like, to pay homage to the original?
0: I don't know. I think just in general, the horror community likes practical over CGI. I think in general, film communities like practical over CGI, sometimes it's just not that good.
1: CGI can age your movie and often practical age is better and might help it have more longevity.
0: Right. The book in this film is not called the Necronomicon <laughs> and had to be redesigned due to copyright issues with the original artist. In this film it's called the Naturindomanto and is put together with large chunks of flesh rather than a dried up face. Yep. Needs a little bit of uh, lotion.
1: I thought when watching it they were just trying to not So closely imitate the original, but this makes sense if there was copyright issues.
0: I say you just go full in it and just pretend like, yeah, we're doing a remake, but it's the same book. It's in the Evil dataverse.
1: Because this film is not exactly, exactly a remake, I would say. Remake where all the characters are the same. The plot is the same. It's just modernized. It doesn't follow that formula. Mm -hmm. You went through a whole face journey.
0: Well, because like, is it though? Is it not the same? I feel like it is. It's just like a retelling with slight variations. And a combination because I think they put like the second one in this one too. They combine one and two and made this the chainsaw. Like, that's in the second one. Right. I mean, yes, slight details are off, but no.
1: I don't agree. I don't know. Isn't this the whole argument in Scream 6?
0: <laughs> that it's not a direct remake. It's a... A requel. A requel. Do you think it's a requel then?
1: I think it falls under requel. hmm Because it feels like something that could happen in that same universe just many years later.
0: It does feel like it was going to reference something that happened in the past, which was what happened to like Ash.
1: I was sort of expecting Bruce Campbell to come out in the middle of all of this chaos and be like, follow me, I know what to do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or be one of the deadites coming out. Oh,
1: yeah. That would be a sad sad moment but he
0: hands her the chainsaw <laughs>
1: <laughs> the passing of the chainsaw.
0: he's a deadite with a chainsaw arm and he's just like and she just, just chops his arm off and then takes it off it. Him. yeah that'd have been funny i read a <laughs> a review that was like unlike the tv show where the deadites are funny this one has actually terrifying zombie thingies First of all, they're not zombies. It, yeah, it does literally call them zombies. It's like the zombies are funny fucking <laughs> instead of funny. horrifying in the TV show. Apparently, unless they are zombies in the show, but I I haven't seen the show.
1: I highly doubt that.
0: I'm sure they're dead-eyed. So. <laughs> yeah, which is demon, undead, possessed people, things. But no, they've always been funny. I think you need to rewatch the first movie. <laughs>
1: it's hilarious. No, I'm not ready for a speed run. I, we watched <laughs> wow. this movie before we went on vacation.
0: Are you ready for a speed run? No. (laughs) Ready, set, Mm -hmm. go.
1: Okay, so basically we meet up at the cabin again. And this time it is a group of teenagers that is different than the one we know. There's Mia, her brother, Olivia, some dude with glasses that's blonde. David's girlfriend that literally does not talk or play a role in this movie at all. Basically, Mia's like detoxing. David hasn't been been there for her her whole life. And she is seeing the demons the dead because the nerd with the glasses found the book and started reading from it but everyone thinks she's just like crazy and detoxing which is like gaslighting the movie but it turns out she's right and they all slowly die comical somewhat comical horrible deaths until um till the end where like they literally all die and it's supposed to bring on this like mega demon and It does because they do all die. But Mia is somehow saved by her brother jumpstarting her heart like a car. Um, And then she fights off against this demon that I thought was going to be much bigger and scarier than it actually was. And uh, she ends up getting her arm cut off like ash. Uh, grabs a change, saw and kills it.
0: Lost forever. Ago. I just stopped, stopped looking at them. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, "Well, wow, this is crazy. I, I'm not remembering any of this." Oh, what demon? Uh, oh wait, 106.
1: <laughs> Damn. Okay, so I lost, four <laughs> you lost ago. forever ago. <laughs> I was just like well i'm glad you were super uh, enthralled by my storytelling
0: i was like trying to rethink i was like oh yeah he does suddenly know how to fucking jump her heart with a car battery
1: it's like a throwaway comment that he works in a shop in chicago
0: <laughs> he works in a shop not in a doctor's office he's in the fucking the er like <laughs> jump starting people's hearts in a mechanic suit
1: <laughs> i can't believe you lost track of yeah, time
0: I was like, oh yeah and then you were saying that uh the final dead Act wasn't as big as you thought it was going to be and i was like what
1: was it it was like the dead version of her and i was expecting it to be portrayed as it was in the book it honestly looked like um payment
0: it really did it's like negative mia like in uh, zelda 2 when you fight your evil self It's kind of funny. Honestly, this movie probably felt more like a video game than the first one.
1: I could see that. So what does the internet say about this movie? Why is it so
0: hard to find anything about this 2013 one? Interesting. Not hard in that like there isn't anything on it. It's just that like it's really hard to distinguish the 2013 one, not this. What was the other one? 81? Yeah, I believe so. And then I do and it's like, fun facts about the whole ass franchise. This film follows a group of five people being possessed and killed by supernatural entities in a remote cabin in the woods. Very broad.
1: And IMDb gives it a 6.5 out of 10, which surprises me because I've only heard positive things about this That's
0: good for a horror movie. True. Cool. Well, are you ready to dive into it? It's been a long time since I've seen this, so I can't wait to talk about it.
1: Sounds convincing. I do not know what this is about. Let's talk about it. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Let's go. go. Yeah,
0: let's read this book.
1: I was the one that actually picked covering this film. One, because I had wanted to see it for quite some time now. Again, I had only heard positive things about this remake. And two, it was on Hulu. And so many movies that we did want to cover were nowhere to be found, like Orphan. We could find the sequel everywhere, but we could not find the (laughs) original. I also did not plan this, but I'm wearing our Shaken Not Scared sweater right now. That was not a good way to show off a sweater. I could not grab it to save my life. This is our
0: Shaken Not Scared sweater (laughs) right here. Exactly.
1: We open on an eerie yet somewhat beautiful shot of the woods. A young woman is seen wandering through them and we can tell that she is dripping with blood. She's brutally tackled by two redneck looking men who knock her out. I don't know if it's okay to say redneck.
0: One of the characters' name is Old Redneck. Okay, so I wasn't too far. (laughs) Thank you. Long-haired redneck.
1: (laughs) Amazing. Love that acting credit for him. These men also knock her out. She comes to in a cellar tied to a pillar. An elderly woman is speaking in a different language, saying only the evil book can undo what the evil book has done. Which is, I find, a funny line of accountability.
0: Do you watch this ever and think of Hocus Pocus? Just the fact that there's like an evil evil and a book. I also think of the basilisk and harry potter
1: so all evil books are just <laughs> the same to you well because
0: in all these movies it's like how do we stop the evil and no one ever thinks stab the book i feel like now because we've seen it so much i'd be like stab the book
1: get rid of <laughs> burn it, burn the book yeah i also thought like this whole notion of the evil book is just a like anti-bible thing
0: okay from like a opposite though the bible's good and then there's this thing
1: it's the occult but it's meant to represent the antithesis of the bible
0: my mind went to like reading is bad.
1: Witchcraft. She she can read burner burner and the book. <laughs> Different perspectives. Yeah. The young woman is saying that she just wants to go home. When her father enters the room, he informs her that all these people are just here to help. But the young woman is just confused, asking where her mother is. Her father tells her that her mother is dead. And that she knows that because she's the one that killed her.
0: Moment of silence. The whole time you're feeling bad, you're thinking that maybe they've mis-accused this girl of something.
1: Of being a witch. Yeah. The old woman tells the father to do it, as it's the only way to save her soul. He drenches the woman in gasoline as she begs him to stop. He lights a match and the young woman drops the act. She starts screaming about ripping his soul out as she is lit on fire. Her eyes are glowing yellow and black goo drips from her mouth. And her father says he loves her, pulls out a shotgun and blows off her head. And then that's our cold open. It is a very uh, bloody scene at the end there. Well, you just get it from the angle of behind the young woman. So it's just literally like the brains being splattered at you. I think it's done pretty well. Like if you're just seeing this film for the first time, you just stumbled in, in theaters, you're like, oh, okay, cool. This is where we're going. It captures your attention. If you're a longtime fan, you already know that this is the stuff that the Deadites play all the time. But I'm actually not possessed. I'm your loved one, which we will see a lot throughout the rest of this movie.
0: Right. Not having seen anything about this remake either. I thought maybe they were trying to do like origin story to how this cabin became the headquarters for these Deadites. And, you know, eventually we were going to meet like the new version of Ash and the new version of his friend group. Right. But it is a cool intro scene. We would have been complaining if it was like, yeah, then she fucking murdered everybody because no one wanted to pull the trigger.
1: Interestingly enough, that was my issue with the book seed.
0: (laughs) Full circle. Yes. Yeah, because I hate that shit. It's like, okay, clearly she's fucked. Like, it's not her anymore. And I know that in movies, right, we play with that. Like, it's our loved one. It happens in zombie movies all the time. It's almost like an exaggerated version of, like, your loved one is sick. Do you pull the plug or not? It's that turmoil within yourself that i guess viewers and readers resonate with and that's why like creators push that too far
1: listen mate my family's toxic i've just been waiting for an excuse to just- <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We then see a car driving down a long road and finally pull up to the iconic cabin in the woods there are scenes here i don't know if this is going to be a controversial statement but there were so many scenes here that felt eerily similar to like Hereditary and Midsummer. Or have horror trips been done before and they're just pulling from them? Because this winding down the road scene is literally one of those where it goes upside down. Mm -hmm. It was done in *Midsummer*, But like, if you want to argue that it was originally done in The Shining and every film since then has (laughs) depicted it this way. So we meet the gang, David and his girlfriend Natalie, Olivia and Eric, which is really funny because I could not remember his name in the speedrun at all. Thank you. I just said the nerd with glasses. I mean, same. Eric, who seems to be David's old friend and like the most done with his shit in this entire film. There's an awkward and inorganic way that we learn everyone's job. We find out that Dave works at the tire shop. Olivia is a nurse and Eric is a high school teacher. Because, you know, when you greet your friends, you always just talk about their current profession.
0: If you haven't seen each other in a while, you're like, yo, so you still doing that same job or what? And they're like, "Nah, man, that shit was whack. I'm doing this now.
1: In the like, first two seconds of greeting each other?
0: You have to skip the weather.
1: You can't talk about the weather. What else <laughs> do you talk about?
0: I'm like, damn, it's cold as fuck now. Yeah, what do you do still? That's the natural progression of talking to of your conversation.
1: Natalie <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> gets really awkward around Olivia for some reason. Eric is just ticked off that he had to wait this long for them to arrive. I got the vibe that maybe Olivia and David used to be a fling. I don't know.
0: I don't know. Tight-knit high school, old group of friends. I mean, it's possible that, you know, people must around drop this group.
1: Well, Eric informs David that Mia is waiting for him in the back. Mia is sketching and surprised to see her old brother there and their dog named Grandpa, which is an interesting choice for naming your dog. They put their grandpa into the dog. That's what I would think. It was like (laughs) you tried to reincarnate your grandpa.
0: (laughs) Their grandpa died, got cremated, and then every day for the rest of that dog's life, they gave the dog grandpa ashes in his food. That is fucked up. To the point of, you know, engulfing the dog's body. Hey, the Necronomicon exists in this world. Why not transferring <laughs> consciousness through eating ash?
1: <laughs> anyway. Oh, you were saying it like ash, <laughs> not the other one. <laughs> what are you talking <laughs> about? Through eating ass. <laughs> it's an ash. I know, but I thought you were trying to... <laughs> I thought your joke was through eating ass. <laughs> but you meant it ash like...
0: You like that? You find that funny for (laughs)
1: once? Mia expresses how she knows she looks awful, but her older brother assures her that she looks beautiful. Now, I don't have an older brother. I have a younger one. And I'm 100% sure if I was like, dude, I'm sorry, I'm like so ugly. He'd be like, "Uh, yeah, you're fucking ugly. (laughs) What are those? Because that's just sibling dynamics. Sometimes I wonder if people have siblings. I've said this before. (laughs) David gives her the iconic looking glass charm, and tells her it's to help her with her willpower. This is then explained a bit more in the next scene, because Mia gathers her friends around a well and makes a promise of sobriety, saying that she's going cold turkey as she dumps a bag of white powder down the well. This is the direction we're taking, right? This is the reason they're there, to help her go cold turkey. And you already know that all the supernatural things are going to be blamed on her. You know that before we even start. And I'm not saying that this is a bad writing choice. I understand why they did it to help build suspense in new audiences, but it it truly just becomes her friends gaslighting her for the rest of the movie.
0: I've told you about how it feels shitty sometimes to be on like the receiving end and people I'm sure watching this because we're a drinking show have been on the drunk side of being told, hey, you're fucked up and you need to stop. It is shitty to like have these people surround you and feel like they're against you. But at the end of the day, you are in the wrong, and they are there to help you.
1: The group then enters the cabin. Mia immediately notices an odd smell and that the cabin has been trashed. They decide to clean up, and we see Mia going through photos in her old bedroom. She comes across photos of her mother and tries to talk to her brother about their mother who got sick and passed away. But David doesn't want to hear any of it. It's clear he never came to visit her in her final days at the hospital and just doesn't want to deal with it.
0: We were literally just talking about this duty as a family member to see your loved one who is in this time of need and their morality around like, I don't want to see them this way. I want to see them the way I knew them. And I understand that point of view, but it is very shitty because it's in times like those that truly mean the most to that person, even if they are on their way out to see who's there with them and who's not. So David is definitely not a good person for deciding this. For all we know, the reason that Mia is going through what she's going through and using what she's using to go through it is because of the fact that she was there when it happened. And had David been there, possibly with support from each other that she might not have been in the situation she's in.
1: Yeah, it never clearly states why or when she starts using, but it's clear that David has been absent from their lives for quite some time. I do not like David. I do not like his face. Ew, David. This actor, he plays kano in the hunger games one of the villains in that one and i just cannot unsee him as that character but also he is not a good actor
0: and not a good main character no
1: not likable definitely glad he wasn't chosen to take up the mantle of ash's character because one it would be very difficult and two he's just not great
0: (laughs) yeah spoiler alert david obviously isn't our main character he's
1: not our final boy
0: but the movie plays out for a good majority of it, like he is. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I, I want Ash. Where's Ash? This guy sucks. The entire time. Yeah.
1: David is going around fixing things in the cabin. 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 David is going around fixing things in the cabin, commenting on how well Mia is doing, when Olivia and Eric break some bad news to him. This isn't the first time Mia has done this. They had all tried this about a year ago, but Mia couldn't make it 8 hours before cracking. Olivia and Eric are determined to not let her fail this time, as they know she won't survive another overdose. David is shocked to learn that she had an overdose, and his friends tell him that it wasn't just an overdose. She technically died, and her heart had to be restarted. You are a terrible brother if you don't know that your sister was medically dead.
0: It's funny because like David is shocked, but imagine you're close enough with your sibling that like you call each other beautiful and you look good and shit and that you guys actually have like a weird positive relationship. That's not normal. Siblings (laughs) hate each other.
1: You're supposed to hate each other until you are an adult and then you bond over the trauma you shared as children. Yeah,
0: but you still talk shit to each other. David should have gone out there and been like, hey, me, what the fuck, dude? You didn't tell me about this? What
1: the fuck, dude?
0: (laughs) I thought we were bros.
1: Clearly he knows their relationship is not in the best standing because he doesn't want to make it worse and says he won't force her to stay if she doesn't want to. I don't know if that's a good choice. I don't know. It turns out all of them are wrong in every choice they make from here on out, but still. The next scene, we hear Mia screaming bloody murder over the smell of the cabin. Olivia gives her something to help with withdrawal and Mia is trying to convince everyone that something smells like death in the house.
0: It's at this point, too, that we don't know if it's because Mia is starting to have withdrawals, or she's starting to smell things, see things that no one else sees. But we obviously learn that Mia is not lying. And so if it did smell like ass in here, no one else smells it.
1: (laughs) That was my note. Like, okay, because this is confirmed when Grandpa digs at the rug to uncover a cellar door beneath. David and Eric go to explore, only to find a ton of dead animals, I think cats mostly, hanging from the cellar ceiling. Like, you'd smell that. Everyone would smell it. (laughs) As soon as you walk in, not just someone who's going through withdrawals.
0: No, and then the moment you realize that, oh shit, this is what she's smelling, you'd be like, all right, well, maybe Mia's not going crazy.
1: And maybe we shouldn't be here because there's a ton of sacrificed animals. Hey, whose house did you say this was? I mean, it's their family home, so I think you need to call the police. Hey, whose house did you
0: say this was? (laughs) You said it's your grandpa twice removed? Did you know him personally?
1: How do you remove your grandpa? Twice? (laughs) Twice. Not only do they discover the animal carcasses, but they find the necromonicon. Or, what did you say it was called in this the one? The Natura
0: de Monomamana. Hold on, sorry. <laughs> the Neturan de manto according to the recording that they listened to later.
1: Okay. Just how terrifying would it be to go to your family cabin and find out that a crime happened there? Not only like a normal crime, like a satanic ritual crime.
0: That's what I was saying, because you're alluding to the fact that maybe somebody squatted there and did that. <laughs> what if it's your family member? Are they at Thanksgiving?
1: Because we, the we got because some questions.
0: The <laughs> they're like the ones happily eating goat eyes right in front of all the children. I had an uncle like that. Same. I have an uncle
1: like that. Same. I'm strong. It's with like, you want to see me eat this eyeball? <laughs> to be clear, it's an animal eyeball, not just some I mean, yes. Yeah,
0: birria. <laughs> I've always wanted to eat it, but I don't no, know if I can make it. No, it looks disgusting. Just for the pure, like, I mean, if they're doing it.
1: <laughs> so you'd give in to peer pressure. <laughs> but David... Tells the group that they shouldn't make a big deal about this. I think you should. I think you should make the biggest deal about this. Yeah. I think you should make it everybody's problem. Which they kind of do because they bring up the Necromonicon and a shotgun. Why though? <laughs> Why not just leave it there?
0: Yeah, like, oh, or hey guys, uh, this is kind of fucked. We should maybe pick somewhere else.
1: We should maybe call the police because something happened here. <laughs> yeah. It takes about zero minutes for Eric to open that bitch up and start <laughs> reading from it. Sounds so natural. Open Didn't that bitch up. not sound
0: like you were reading it at all.
1: Okay, so it takes about zero seconds for Eric to open that bitch up and start reading from it. That's <laughs> Aggressive. That's
0: it. Are we still talking about books?
1: You're <laughs> reading someone's. Oh, David. This book is bound in barbed wire.
0: I do want to say I don't hate the new design. I do like the original design for the Necronomicon with the face and it's like a stretched out dried like tanned face over the cover of the book but this barbed wire flesh patch is like leaning towards like hocus pocus book territory it still looks cool with the barbed wire and uh, just like the griminess of it
1: I do really like the illustrations in this one I will say I was still like looking for the face though
0: mm-hmm. yeah same I mean, <laughs> I, I don't say that to say I wasn't but yeah I agree
1: yeah 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 So there are literal warnings written all over this book, but he—he's really determined. People have scratched out passages, but this man grabs a piece of paper and scribbles over it with a pencil just to be able to read the incantation out loud.
0: You know, I never realized why he was doing that. I was like, "Is it fucking 3D?" Like, it's
1: 3D. (laughs) Demons are coming right at you.
0: I was like, "They scratched it out," and he's like, "I wouldn't even think to do that. I'm too dumb, I guess." My thought would never be to like to trace the indentation of the forced writing from the previous
1: person i wouldn't be this interested if someone wrote warnings over it and crossed it out it's for a reason true mia is wandering outside in the rain going through withdrawals when we get a classic shaky cam running up to the cabin we get this pretty cool shot of the camera going straight up to mia and we see her as a deadite before she pukes everywhere As she looks up, we see the figure of a woman in gray in the woods. She runs into the cabin determined to leave, but Olivia breaks the news to her that they're not going to let her leave this time. Mia turns to David to get her out of there, but David has sided with Olivia and Eric like really quickly, even though he said he wasn't going to in the beginning. (laughs) Mia is devastated and breaks the charm her brother has given her by saying she's an idiot for thinking that she could depend on him. She's not in the wrong here. She pretends to storm off to her room, but in reality, she has stolen the car keys and booked it out of there. The group chases after her, but obviously doesn't make it far.
0: Yeah, she immediately spins out of control and hits a tree. After you've already kind of seen the weird stuff in the basement and you saw that she wasn't lying,
1: wouldn't you believe your sister? I would at least think this is not the best place to detox. We gotta go somewhere else.
0: (laughs) Yeah, David is doing exactly what he did with his mom. Right. He's avoiding his sister's issues and is leaving her behind just like he did with his mother.
1: He seems to be a person big on denial.
0: He's like, I live my perfect life. If I just ignore it, it's not happening.
1: It will go away.
0: Which is not how you solve problems, my
1: friend. Mia is freaking out in the car, questioning her decision when a man suddenly appears on the road. It's an effect where he's twitching, but the way it's done makes it look... Or maybe it is that he's jerking off. It looks like he's jerking off in the middle of the road.
0: Right after this is also where we see the the classic and favorite scene mm. from the old movie, right? So maybe Not it is that. Why would you keep that, of all things? Like You're like, oh, I'm going to retcon and redo this entire movie all from scratch. But you know what we need? That scene.
1: So allegedly it wasn't in the original script, but one of the producers, one of the people in charge of this film was like, oh, no, you need to add that film in a there. A great
0: man, of course, I'm assuming.
1: I believe it was someone that worked on the original Evil Dead. So they were like, no, it's classic. You have to have that in there. Again, I don't have the like proof of this. I think I saw it somewhere floating around the web. Mercifully, though, this scene is shorter, but still just disgusting.
0: They didn't show David getting his asshole fucking taken out by branches i'm just
1: saying right <laughs> like, it's always a woman getting yeah. not that i want to see a man either i no, don't want to see anyone my point molested is molested like, by trees
0: yeah why even do it
1: i think i mentioned this when we covered the original that scene was the reason i didn't watch that movie the first time around i had shut it off after that yeah, just because it was so unnecessarily graphic
0: I understand if they're saying like, oh, well, that had like, shock value the first time, so we got to do it again. It's like, oh, well, why did it have shock value the first time? It was because, oh, well, it had never been done, and now it has been. So we can leave that in the past. Exactly. You know? I don't even know if it had never been done.
1: But this causes Mia to drive into a pond of water. She grabs her things and gets out of the car, but it's deep in the water. As she makes her way out, we see the deadites approaching her through the woods. Mia thinks she hears David calling her as she crawls out of the pond, but when she looks back, a swamp-looking person emerges. Swamp thing from the DC comics? Oh, I was thinking more of a creature from the Black Lagoon type thing. Oh, I can't remember. It's literally just a swamp. Being just looks like mud, a mud person. Covered in seaweed, right? Yeah. This causes her to run through the woods, but get caught in a ton of branches. And I think we all know where this is unfortunately going. The branches start to entangle her. And eventually we see a vision of herself as a deadite throwing up black sludge. The black sludge turns into a bunch of branches that enters her body. And it is clear that the deadites have now taken over. And we kind of touched on it. But I think the scene would have worked as effectively if the black sludge entered her mouth. And that would give it just as much of a gross-out factor if that's what you're going for. Yeah.
0: Mouth, eyes, nose, ears.
1: I will not defend this scene. I'm just going to say that it's at least shorter than the original scene, because that one drags on forever. The rest of the gang is looking for Mia and find her by the base of the tree. Olivia looks after her and tells the gang that Mia is making up crazy withdrawal stories. They even believe that her wounds are self-inflicted as an attempt to leave the cabin. David goes to talk to Mia, who looks utterly terrified. Mia just begs him to take her out of the cabin, explaining that there is something in the woods with them. David, of course, does not believe her and leaves Mia alone. When she glances at the mirror, she can see her reflection as a deadite. Meanwhile, downstairs, Eric keeps studying the Necromonicon. Olivia and him have a discussion about how David has not been there for any of them in the past few years, so... You know, everyone's got beef with David. We cut to David taking out the trash in the rain and calling for Grandpa. We see a trail of blood and David finds him under the cabin and we can assume that he is gone. It's also not exactly the cabin. It's like a shed behind the cabin, which is important for later.
0: No one gave a shit about Grandpa. Grandpa just serves the purpose of dying.
1: Next to the body of Grandpa, we see a bloody hammer, and David just knows that Mia is responsible. He goes to confront her, but she is busy taking the world's hottest shower. Not sexy. Like, literally burning fire. <laughs> if you aren't watching this, I had to wait for Eric to scroll down to the next part to continue reading. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, you could... No. The world's hottest, unsexy, hot fire shower.
1: <laughs> when we were watching this, you brought up how this is similar to Halloween 2.
0: Yeah, well, why... Okay, I take back that comment about this because if you've ever been out in the middle of nowhere, you know that there's no regulation on like water and sewage and shit. They're just like, all right, we need hot water. Put it at max capacity for the boiler to work in Halloween too. It's like a therapy thing. Why would they put kill you hot water <laughs> as Still an it option?
1: burns off your trauma.
0: Yeah. Here at least it's like, all right, well, it should probably they probably don't have the regulator on the boiler to uh, a <laughs> reasonable... Seven.
1: but enough that it like catches fire you pa-
0: okay your parents' <laughs> water in their house is fucking brutal
1: true you might be able to achieve this at their house
0: <laughs> sometimes i forget i'm like oh my god yeah <laughs> i want to wash my hands not burn my fucking skin off
1: the gang finds her with her flesh almost burning off and david rushes her to the hospital but the roads have flooded he looks over at mia in the car who only gives him a sly smile that would terrify me If someone who just nearly burned themselves is still conscious enough to give me a smirk like I told you so, we might have to swim across this pond (laughs) and get you to the hospital. (laughs) Eric, however, has realized that this looks familiar. He looks over at the Necronomicon and sure enough sees an image of a Deadeye bathing in fire. As the movie has progressed, Eric has noticed that everything Mia is saying and doing lines up with the book, but he doesn't say anything to the rest of the people in the cabin. This is a dick move. You know, I
0: hadn't originally caught that he's a teacher, but before I was like, how would he even know all this already? Like, How would he even recall, oh shit, burned girl, let me go check the book. That reminds me of something. I've seen every page in the book overnight. I wouldn't think to do that, but because he's a teacher, maybe that's why he's like more... Receptive to text. I don't
1: know. More observant. Back at the cabin, Olivia is freaking out, saying that she sedated Mia, but that her burns are serious. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I don't think Olivia's a good nurse.
0: (laughs) Where the fuck is Natalie? Where the fuck has Natalie been this entire
1: time? Well... Natalie takes this time to literally have her one line and uses it to yell at Olivia saying all of this is her fault. <laughs> and they have been following her lead on this.
0: Imagine being involved with everything that's happened so far. Literally a dog is dead. Found corpses in the basement. Fucking there's a shotgun and a book. People are screaming. Blood was seen coming out of Mia's face. And Natalie's <laughs> like,
1: hey, fuck you. You're a bad nurse. <laughs> She waited all night to say that. And I'm pretty sure you fucked my boyfriend. That's the only reason I'm saying this. What is this all about? I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, wait, what happened? I was sleeping the entire three days we've been here.
1: Yeah, she literally does not say anything. I've been
0: doing all of Mia's drugs. She's been pouring out. What's going on?
1: Oh, no. David tries to smooth things over, saying everything will be fine, but Eric does not believe him. He's really got a lot of nerve because if it's anyone's fault, it's Eric's fault. Just then, Mia walks in very twitchy, holding the shotgun. She shoots at David, grazing his arm, and the front door flies open, letting out a demonic scream. Mia says in a very eerie voice that they are all going to die tonight, and then collapses.
0: You're all going to die down here. Thank you, Red Queen. Thank you.
1: David yells at the rust to get the gun as Olivia grabs it. Mia tackles her and vomits the most chunky red blood you've ever seen on her. Mm. mm. mm.
0: It was very chunky, though.
1: It's, yeah.
0: A little bit of avenita.
1: You gotta have chunks. It's the evil dead. Yeah, you got masa in there.
0: I just think of Miriam from Curse the Cowardly (laughs) Dog. And she's like, I gotta blow chunks. Oh. She's like puking in a baby. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think I
1: saw that episode. <laughs> that's me like every day. <laughs> Luckily, the cellar door is right next to them and open. So Olivia is able to push Mia into it with ease. Eric jumps on top of the cellar door to trap her. And as she can't escape, she starts hitting herself against everything in the cellar.
0: Oh, this is classic hereditary, you know, like... do do Yeah, doo, doo.
1: that's what I mean. There are some similarities between these mi- movies. David instructs Olivia to sedate Mia even more. But Olivia says that it could put her in a coma. He says they have no choice as she keeps... Keeps hurting herself. This is when Eric finally speaks up, saying this has something to do with all the stuff they found in the basement.
0: <laughs> I think it might have to do with that book and all the dead bodies in the basement.
1: <laughs> Anyone put those together yet? It's okay. I know you're not teachers. You're not smart like me.
0: Yeah, you're a nurse. You can't read.
1: You're a terrible nurse at you that. You just
0: draw blood, not text.
1: You just put people in comas, apparently. <laughs> Olivia is washing herself off in the bathroom and trying to get the rest of the drugs needed for Mia when the bathroom mirror shatters in front of her. We see the Necronomicon flip to a page where it looks like a woman is cutting off her own face. So I think you know where this is going. The film is now setting up this thing where they will show you the way each character is supposed to die using the Necronomicon. Which I think works for me. I wasn't sure about it in the beginning, but I'm okay with it.
0: It is cool. I was wondering if Eric knew ahead of time too how he was going to die. It's kind of like Final Destination. (laughs) You know?
1: A little bit. Because then
0: you're looking around the entire scene like, oh no, all right, burning person, face cutting off, how is she going
1: to do it? Well, I'll tell you how she does. Olivia tries to leave the room, but is trapped by an invisible force. She starts twitching and pees herself. This scene did make me pretty sad for her. Like, you don't have any control of your body, and what can you do? Olivia
0: gets taken out pretty quickly, too. In a horrible way. I thought it was going to take time. I thought each kill was going to be like, uh, oh, she's resisting, but she's just instantly dispatched.
1: By her friend, no less. Yeah, it's sad. Eric hears the door slam and goes to look for her, only to hear some noises coming from the bathroom. He approaches only to see the lights flickering and hear a sawing sound. And again, this reminds me of Hereditary. When he finally does see Olivia, we see that she has cut off a piece of her cheek using one of the shards from the mirror. Eric is shocked and starts to walk backwards away from her, only to slip on the piece of skin she's already cut off and lands flat back on top of the toilet. This looks so fucking painful as someone who is nearly 30. There's no coming back from that.
0: I mean, he could be dead just like in Halloween 2 when dude slips on the blood and dies. Just (laughs) die. I
1: don't know. Something about it being the back is what like gets me.
0: He gets baned by the toilet. He
1: does. (laughs) He tries to crawl out of the room, but Olivia stabs him with the mirror shard in the shoulder. She picks up the syringes from earlier and repeatedly stabs Eric in the face with it. He's able to push her off, and her head hits the toilet and the back of the shower, as Eric pulls the syringe out of his eye. That scene, like, eyeball stuff Mm. does get me, like... Just when she's going at it near his aisle, I'm like, "Oh my god! Thank God he has glasses."
0: Yeah, it just goes into like the underside of his cheek. Oh, just, right?
1: He still pulls it out in a very close up scene that makes me feel uncomfortable.
0: Eric, as much as everything is his fault, makes it pretty far.
1: <laughs> he has some of the worst stuff happen to him, <laughs>
0: and mm-hmm. he lasts the longest. Is it the dead being bone? like, hey, thanks for reading the book. We're going to leave you for less.
1: That's almost worse. <laughs> Take me out first and quickly. Like, <laughs> easily clean. <laughs> <laughs> that too. As he's pulling out the syringe from his eye, Olivia wakes up and starts crawling towards him. He picks up a piece of ceramic that was broken off in her fall and uses it to bash her head in. This is when David and Natalie decide to show up. As Eric explains, he had to because she was trying to kill him. David is going to show up at the absolute worst times From here on out, much like his character has done his entire life, right at the end where it doesn't matter anymore. David removes the mirror shard from Eric, which turns out to be the wrong move as Eric starts to bleed out. David starts to duct tape the wound as Eric confesses that he read a passage from the book and it released something evil. Natalie goes to the kitchen to fetch supplies when she hears Mia calling her. Mia acts like she's hurt and needs help and Natalie walks down to the cellar to help her. She tries to get Mia to climb out of the cellar but instead Mia says they can't leave and that he (laughs) won't be satisfied if they leave.
0: Wait, Natalie goes down to the cellar again. Acting like she doesn't know anything that happened. She's like, wait, why is Mia down here? (laughs) Opens the door.
1: What's happening? (laughs) What's going on?
0: Olivia's dead as fuck.
1: Like, just fine, because she fucked my boyfriend.
0: (laughs) Natalie gives me, like, Barbara from Night of the Living Dead vibes, where it's like she just lost the entire time.
1: (laughs) That's a good comparison, actually. (laughs)
0: We're coming to wake you up, Natalie.
1: Natalie runs up the stairs to leave, but gets dragged back down. Mia starts caressing her, but Natalie reaches for a box cutter to try to defend herself. Instead, Mia grabs it and uses it to cut her tongue in half. It's bleeding like crazy, and she takes this moment to make out with Natalie. And this scene makes me want to gag. I just can't imagine a mouthful of blood and it's not yours. Someone oh. else's and their tongues are split. I thought you were going to say that
0: it's disgusting that people's tongues are split. That's a thing, okay? That's a choice.
1: Yeah, but they don't freshly split it and then go make out with someone. I don't think you should. Hey, Sounds like an infection. If you freshly split
0: your tongue and made out with your partner.
1: And blood into their mouth.
0: So you send us an email.
1: Are you still together?
0: Yeah, We're gonna get like a hundred (laughs) emails. That would be some shit. Hey, there's eight billion people on the planet.
1: And they all listen to this podcast, obviously. (laughs) Once again, David shows up way too late. He looks shocked to see Mia like that and calls her name. Mia responds that she is not Mia and that his sister is now in hell.
0: Your sister's sucking cocks in hell.
1: Basically, she says some worse things. I know along the same guidelines (laughs) as that actually. He slams the cellar door and nails it shut. Further closing it with chains, David finds Eric trying to burn the Necronomicon, but it isn't working. So there goes your theory of destroying the book. Way too late. He eventually pulls it out of the fire to explain that the book refers to an evil entity, a taker of souls. That once he eats five souls, the skies will rain blood and he will rise from hell. (laughs) This is explained with some beautiful illustrations. (laughs) Meanwhile, Natalie is checking out a bite mark that she sustained while fighting off Mia. Eric explains that this entity has attached itself to Mia's soul, and that the only way to save Mia is by killing her. David is still trying to find logic in all this, as he and Eric argue, Natalie's bite starts to get worse, and the infection starts to spread. Mia peeks her head up from the cellar and tells Natalie not to cut it off. But Natalie has already turned on the meat cutter and just tears into her arm. Yeah, it's pretty uh, fucking brutal. I was gonna say this movie does a good job of making me like squirm because it just doesn't cut away. It shows you all of it. Actually, the way she's cutting it <laughs> is not right. She's she like cutting down downward. Up. I get that she's like trying to avoid it spreading, but like in the next scene, the the cut is clean. But when she's actually doing it, she starts going down oh, like jagged. this.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't cut at the bicep. I think I'd still do the forearm. Bicep almost seems worse. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't know either. Yet again, David enters the room too late. Natalie is hunched over and turns around saying that she just had to do it and that she actually feels much better now.
0: Mrs. Nesbitt. are <laughs> <their>
1: missing arm. <laughs> As her arm just drops to the ground.
0: She's got tea and a little flower
1: hat on. <laughs> David and his trusty duct tape get to work trying to patch her up. He tries to comfort her, but she just looks dead in the eyes, and I love Eric's comment here being like, dude, her arm just got cut off. (laughs) Eric is trying to make sense of the text in the Necronomicon, saying that there are only a few ways that they can save me a soul. One is a live burial, the other dismemberment, and finally, purification by fire. David asks if this is the surefire way to save his sister. He tries to blame the way his sister is acting on their family history of mental illness but Eric isn't having it. He calls him a coward for not wanting to kill his sister.
0: Bitch, have you seen what's happening?
1: <laughs> no, he's saying it because he's just always running away from his problems. Again, this is Eric's fault. Yeah. So it's a bit ironic that it's coming from him, but whatever. This is what I
0: meant earlier. I didn't mean to defend Eric because it is all his fault. But I was like, in the end, he is the one trying to make sense of it all and helping them. Who knows, right? Because had he not done what he did, someone else might have found it. And it would have all been like, is it fate or not? Grandpa would have pulled the book out because it's flesh, you know. And he would have
1: started reading it. (laughs)
0: Yes, because it's Grandpa and the dog's body.
1: Right. Different story. (laughs) He's
0: just barking at the book and that's enough to make the book go activate. And it's Grandpa, a dead eye, in the dog body.
1: As Eric bravely proclaims that he is going to do what has to be done, we see Natalie creep up behind him and start shooting him with a nail gun. The guys run for cover, but Eric is quickly found by Natalie, who just unloads the gun into him.
0: Yeah, he gets hit with like 20 nails. And he's still not dead.
1: He's having a really rough go at it. (laughs) David helps him by tackling...
0: Can you connect me to the... (laughs) Are you self-conscious now? No, I just can't hear like noises. This whole time I was like, no, it sounds good.
1: It's all great. Amazing. This
0: is awesome. Flawless. Stunning. Stunning. It was Eric you said. Yeah. Nail gun. Shut up crazy
1: craziness ba, ba, ba,
0: ba, 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 this nail gun look i've used the nail gun to do shit in the house and yes nail guns are crazy but this one's like bah, 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 there's dust coming off of it and shit <laughs> it's like, oh my god where'd you buy that yeah
1: i need one <laughs> no
0: i was already worried with the little one that i had accidentally shooting the kids hmm. Yeah, I remember I was like, it was uh, sitting in the kitchen one day, and then you were over there walking around. And I was like, stop, you're in the line of fire. Yeah. It could just go off. I don't know.
1: And then I end up on the evil dead.
0: With a nail through your ankle.
1: Oh, that would be the worst.
0: It was that feet level. I would like put it down on the floor facing away. But that day, I don't know what happened. I think I was like moving a board over so I didn't face it away. And then you walked in front of it. I was like, no.
1: <laughs> and I'm already always like fucking up my ankles. That would have just been a good day. Shot right in the Achilles heel, straight dead. David helps him by tackling Natalie to the ground, and they lose sight of her for a minute. But she quickly reappears with a crowbar, which she uses to just brutalize the men. (laughs) She's about to deliver a killing blow into Eric when David shoots her arm off with the shotgun. The act of shooting her arm turns her back into a human, and she slowly crawls into David's arm to bleed to death, repeatedly asking why he would hurt her. Which is sad. It's just that... David sucks so much. You don't feel sorry for him in the scene. You definitely feel sorry for Natalie, though.
0: He probably wasn't the best boyfriend. The fact that Natalie is like, so uninvolved in this whole trip and feels like David just brought her along. Yeah. you know what I mean? Like She feels very unimportant to him in the first place.
1: I think we're assuming a lot here, but that sounds accurate to me.
0: Yeah, David's not a great person. I wonder if on first watching audiences thought David was... Good.
1: I immediately found him unlikable. Same. David and Eric leave the cabin, and it is clear that Eric is not gonna make it. He says he would rather die than become the devil's bitch, and David assures him that he will do what has to be done. David gets to work, dousing the cellar door with gasoline, and is ready to torch it when Mia starts singing the lullaby their mother sang to them as children, and he has a change of heart. Outside, lightning strikes a tree, causing it to catch fire, and it seems to give David an idea. So instead, he gets to work making a strange device with syringes and a car battery, but not before we get a nice subtle shot of a chainsaw in the shed. He begins to dig his sister's grave next to the burning tree, then begins the task of having to get her from the cellar. So this burning tree, is it supposed to be like some biblical reference, like the burning bush?
0: Going back to your black Bible thing, it's like someone said, oh, let's put some super hot just like Bible scenes in this too.
1: Bible references, Yeah. yeah.
0: It's got a fiery tornado.
1: Right, so like all the illustrations we see, like the bath of fire, isn't that a- Baptism? Is that a biblical thing? Or am I just thinking like Dante's Inferno?
0: What if they were doing like reverse biblical situations? So like the bathing in fire is like baptism.
1: We should have done some research. No. Okay. (laughs) Glad we settled that. He follows her voice to a room full of water where she immediately starts to attack him. Since she's gone like really deep into the cellar. (laughs) She throws him against the wall and nearly drowns him. But here comes Eric in for the final assist. He's just not dead yet. Just surprising. He is able to knock her out long enough for David to sedate her. But this is the last fight and it takes it all out of him. With his last breath, Eric tells David that he missed him. And David simply lays his corpse in the body of water. (laughs) face down. Bitch, I'm not dead either. <laughs> the fuck. My note was like, this is your friend. Like, even if they're dead, do you know what happens to dead bodies in water? It's not pretty. No.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, the least you could do was take him somewhere else.
0: Bury him. You have a shovel.
1: <laughs> he really does just look. Stop
0: fighting. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, this is the real trip. David put everyone up to this.
1: You know, it's funny because I feel Eric's character is giving it his all and you feel like he also has resentment towards David for not being a good friend to him along with not being a good brother to Mia but David' character his acting is so bad he's just kind of like huh? <laughs> Who are you people? <laughs>
0: Can you repeat that? I didn't hear past the fucking air going through my head.
1: Yeah. Again, David's not great. But David gets to work. He dresses Mia in a nice red dress puts a bag over her head, and starts to bury her. Mia tries to act like everything is normal as David yells that it's not really her. The demon decides this is now the time to discuss family trauma, blaming David for leaving her with their sick mother even though she was just a kid. The demon has some points though, I'm I'm not going to lie. It might not even be the demon. That might really be Mia talking to him. David tells her to shut up and keeps burying her. Over her grave, he apologizes, saying he should have been there for her when the fire from the burning tree goes out.
0: I don't believe you, David. You're a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I was there for you. (laughs) Dances on the
1: grave. He takes this as a sign that it has worked and begins to dig up Mia. As soon as he does, he starts to shove the syringe into her chest and turn on the car battery, trying to start her heart again.
0: (laughs) Fucking blows her chest out (laughs) because it's a car battery. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know, I get it, it's like he's pulp fictioning her back to life, but wouldn't that been enough? I understand a defibrillator, but I don't think you need both. I mean, I don't know. Someone tell me, have you ever been car batteried back to life? <laughs> <laughs> With syringes? Did it work? It appears not to work, and we get this very sad, heartfelt, dragging on moment where David mourns for her. But eventually, Mia
0: comes to. She blows out ugh, some black sludge, buried metal.
1: The two hug and Mia thanks him for not leaving her.
0: Wait, does she blow, black smudge? I can't
1: I don't remember. I remember. Oh, right, well, just took
0: your word for it. Just picture that in your head. That makes it
1: cooler. The two get ready to leave the cabin and all seems well. But just kidding, there are 15 minutes left in this movie. David goes to get the keys and is attacked by dead Eric. So I guess he didn't escape being the devil's bitch. He is stabbed in the neck and tries to get back to Mia, giving her the keys and telling her to go. He pushes her out of the door as she is screaming and pounding at the door, Trying to get in. David grabs the shotgun and shoots the canister of gasoline, but not before Eric can warn him that he is coming. Oh. Actually. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's the devil's bitch, alright.
1: Mia is outside watching her brother burn to death and holding on to the necklace he gave her when it begins to rain blood. And pretty soon she is coated in it.
0: Seventy thousand gallons worth of blood apparently were used in this movie. Where the original one I think only
1: used three or four hundred. Rookie numbers, apparently. <laughs> This scene is very cool. Just the entire film shrouded in red. It's everywhere. It's all you see. This movie
0: was also filmed in chronological order for the same reason. How do you clean all that shit up?
1: Truly. From under the ground, a hand reaches out to grab her and a demon that looks quite a lot like Mia starts to crawl out. Mia runs to the car and tries to leave, but the demon is too quick her, crashing through the window and grabbing her, burning her legs in the process. Just the touch of this demon burns you. Mia leaves through the other car door and tries to hide in the tunnel under the shed, but the demon has no problem finding her. Mia crawls all the way into the shed and finds the chainsaw we saw earlier. She fills it with gas in a panic, but the demon has caught up with her. I wouldn't have even been able to do this in not a panic.
0: Right, that's assuming the chainsaw even works. It's been a long time. You still gotta, like, start it. Still gotta clean out the old gunk, possibly take out the carburetor, clean that up, because otherwise it's gonna choke up the, uh...
1: Seems like your whole Saturday is gone, you know what? Just come (laughs) back later, demon. Did
0: I? Please give me a
1: break. Unfortunately for her... The demon has found a machete. The demon manages to slice Mia up quite a bit before she escapes the shed and continues to try to turn on the chainsaw. She hides under the truck and the demon closes in on her. She's finally able to turn on the chainsaw and uses it to cut the demon's legs off from under the truck. Mia tries to crawl away, but the demon, screaming in pain, pushes the truck over, pinning Mia's arm under it. With Mia now trapped and unable to reach her chainsaw, the demon makes its way to her, telling her that she is going to die there.
0: This fight is cool because it's like Mia also battling her addiction.
1: Right. It, I don't think it's an accident that the demon looks like her.
0: Yeah. Great metaphor. But also has you rooting for Mia like, come on, kick its ass.
1: <laughs> but Mia yells that she's had enough of this shit and pulls her arm out from under the truck with her hand left there. I think it even gives like a little twitch. It's gross. The makeup or special effects on this look disgusting, and she is screaming in agony.
0: Yeah, because you see the skin pulling. Yeah.
1: Mia grabs a chainsaw and stands in front of the demon, who is still crawling towards her, saying it will feast on her soul. Mia turns on the chainsaw and yells, Feast on this, motherfucker! She sounds like Ash. And And shoves the chainsaw. Straight
0: into his demon hole.
1: And shoves the chainsaw straight into the demon's face. Screaming, Mia cuts this demon in half.
0: Spraying
1: back. Spraying on an already raining down blood sky.
0: Now, I don't know if this existed already. You don't know the game probably. But uh, Gears of War has a kill like this where they use a chainsaw gun. I think that's why this movie was very video game-esque. Because a lot of this just reminded me so much of things that I've seen in video games. In 2013, isn't that old and it's also not that new so it could have been inspired by so much
1: it's almost a 10 year old film the demon is then sucked up by a pool of blood on the ground as mia tells it to go back to hell bitch the blood rain abruptly stops and as mia puts on the necklace her brother gave her the sun peeks through the woods we get one last shot of the necronomicon flipping shut and a final title card If you stick around after the credits, you get an awesome shot of Bruce Campbell saying groovy dramatically (laughs) into the camera, which I think it's worth sticking around for.
0: And that shot's just for fun,
1: right? It's just fanfare.
0: It's so funny. What do you think?
1: Okay, I did write them down because I feel like by the time we get to the final thoughts, I'm just like, um, well, like, and I can't form a cohesive thought.
0: That's me all the time. Literally in everyday life, all day, every day.
1: So I'll say This movie really had me at first. There was a lot of elements that I really liked about it, similar to the first Evil Dead, and some that I don't love, the tree thing. It was gory and gross and has a darker, more serious tone. I wanted to, like, love it. I wanted to love it almost as much as the first, but I I don't. I, I miss the camp of the original. For me, that's what makes Evil Dead films. There is some kind of humor in this, especially in those last scenes, I think are definitely the best. The last 15 minutes are pretty good. But I do miss like the silly gross gore, like the the chunks like we were talking about earlier. I understand why they didn't do it. They definitely wanted to make this film scary for modern audiences. But uh... David is nowhere near as charismatic and likable as Bruce Campbell. Mia is much more of an interesting character and you do root for her way more than you do for David. Pacing is fine, but it's a short movie. You do feel like they are padding some things for runtime. Definitely... The scenes where they die, the gruesome deadite ones, are the best. They succeed in that point for me. I think Natalie's death is disgusting and tragic. And making out with a split-tongue just really grosses me mm. out. Bloody split-tongue, let me clarify yeah. that. No shame to anyone who has that. <laughs> Overall, I think I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. Interesting. So what are your final thoughts on this?
0: I couldn't really th- take the movie... seriously because I was waiting for the camp and the effects that like Sam Raimi's direction had on the first one that being said with David not being very likable and then having us follow him and his shittiness for 90% of the film and then putting all the cool stuff at the end makes it so that this wasn't worth the first half, right? I liked everything at the end. Everything at the end was classic. It was great. The effects were cool. The kills were crazy. And yeah, you you were like, oh shit, that's uh, intense. I was going to say, it, it was necessary for her, all her friends to die so that she could get through her addiction. But no, it was necessary for all this to happen. And in the end, it helped Mia come above that baggage that she had on her because of her brother's abandonment. So I think like the story is good. I think it's a strong story with uh, (laughs) having the deadites kind of intermingled with this battle that Mia's got. So with that decent ish story and then the brutality of the ending, I think I'd give it like a six too.
1: So I think where the movie fails is in casting that actor to play David because everyone out acts him like Eric's whole resentment and then at the end saying like i really did miss you even though eric's responsible for what happened you feel more for him as a character mia she does a great job she does a great job of acting afraid and you feel for her david and natalie could not be in this movie to be honest like you could take them out and it'd still be a good movie yeah it would made no difference yeah
0: <laughs> but maybe that was their point from the get-go it was like you know red herring the viewers and think that david is your new ash yeah. And really Mia's.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think you could have a new Ash, but cool. <laughs> I will say another reason we chose this movie is because we kind of wanted to redcon our Evil Dead episode because we love that movie. And when we recorded it, I think we were like very tired and just, I remember like finishing that recording and being like, oh, I didn't actually get to talk about how much I love that movie. So I was hoping this movie would give us that opportunity to do it again. But we could do it again when we cover Evil Dead 2 because... They basically have to redo that movie for copyright reasons in the first fifteen minutes, and then part two begins. So, wait, what? You know the, that? What are you talking about? They actually didn't have the rights to the original Evil Dead. Something happened. I would have to look this up. Point is, they then reshot like oh the first. 15 minutes again with just ash and his girlfriend so you as an audience know what's going on and take it from there so it's like a bit oh. confusing right you, you realize when you first watch it you're like wait why are they the only ones in the cabin you think ash is actually kind of like dreaming but he's still there oh, that's
0: right well it's been a while since i've seen the second one yeah we'll get to it eventually i love the evil dead franchise i've always wanted to watch the tv show so uh, a lot of people love this remake i think it's got the same hype around remakes like dawn of the dead so Check it out. Watch Evil Dead 2013. If you don't like body horror, make sure to cover your eyes before that happens. Do you want to talk about what scared Loki about this movie?
1: I don't think anything scared him about this movie.
0: Other than fucking putting their grandpa into the dog. Could be. (laughs) He's like, don't you ever fucking do that to me.
1: (laughs) Don't you ever let me get possessed by a demon.
0: No. That's how you know. When Loki starts just staring at us endlessly.
1: He does that already. He's just been like that (laughs) his whole life.
0: No, you know who's worse at it? Ripley. Yeah. At least we taught eye contact to Loki. Yeah. Ripley from day one has been like,
1: I will steal yourself. <laughs>
0: and then she does the awkward, like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> She does. Do you want to tell us about it, Loki? <laughs> All right. I hope you and your sister are not possessed by demons. But does that pretty much wrap it up for us here today?
0: It does. Go check the movie out.
1: It's all right. As always, we hope you guys had a good time here with us. You can follow us pretty much anywhere at not Scared Pod, except Twitter, Twitter scared Pod. You can send us an email at ShakenNotScaredPod at gmail.com.
0: Support so the show on Patreon. We have a bunch of bonus episodes over there. I already mentioned it. We covered Terrifier recently, and there's 10 other, thank you, Loki, 10 other episodes. <laughs> More Loki, too. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a follow. Check out our drink videos. We're going to get back on them. Hopefully starting with this one. If we did do it, great job guys. You did did it. it.
1: (laughs) You did your jobs for once.
0: If you watch this on YouTube, like it, subscribe, comment. Tell us what your favorite part of Evil Dead is. Shout out to Olympia Roman too for supporting our show and being our newest patron. We really appreciate you. It means a ton, it really does.
1: Welcome to the Shakers, Patreon Shakers. (laughs) Welcome to the Shakers. What? Was it bad?
0: No. (laughs) For those who aren't patrons,
1: follow Olympia's example.
0: Be an awesome shaker.
1: I can say the thing now. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye.